Welcome back to the first marathon. This is Gregory Rutchick. Let's just get right into it. Today is Saturday the 24th. And in my last episode, I talked about kind of a rather logistical topic, your calendar. Today, we're going to talk about pushing yourself. And what I'm going to tell you is... It's not going to come from me and it's not going to come from somebody else. That the only person that can truly motivate you and push you is yourself. And the reality is, is that you're about to take on a goal which is far beyond anything you've done before. So what I'm going to talk about is not pushing yourself when it's easy, but building a process so that you can push yourself when you feel like shit physically, emotionally, and it's even raining or cold outside, and you've got other things you need to do, or even want to do, and you're going to have to figure out a way to rise above those thoughts and those physical sensations to get yourself out there and do it. So this morning I woke up, I had perfect intentions of my B plan of getting up at about 7.30 and going to Venice, which is about 35-minute drive, and there was a six-mile run in a Venice run club. And I was out last night till about midnight dancing. I've been really into salsa. Latin music has been one of my new addictions. And I needed the extra sleep. I got up at 7.30, no problem. But then I realized that the Western States, which is the oldest uh, ultra marathon was happening and that it was live broadcast. So I started to listen to it and I basically told myself, look, you're going to run today. You're not going to go do the six miler. You're actually going to do your eight miler and you're just going to do it. You're not going to lie to yourself about doing it. You're actually going to do the eight miler and I'm going to ask you to run faster uh, at times and you're going to run faster. And I had already, in my mind, you know, my main excuse has been I've got this remnants of vertigo. still have it as I even record this podcast now. It's this little imbalance. I mean, it's almost like something a little bit like a head cold. You just don't feel yourself. It's not the way I felt when I had COVID, though. It's... uh it's really a feeling like my head is a little heavy. I mean, it's it's definitely some kind of vestibular thing, which I don't even know what I'm going to do to make it better, except just push through. So I said all this stuff I just said to you, to myself this morning, and I said, that's fine. You're going to put all that stuff to the side. And what I'm saying to you now, what I'm suggesting is you're going to develop a method of talking to yourself, which is which is kind but firm. And you're going to start now. As you begin this training, this, again, 15 weeks to mile to a 20-mile run, 18 weeks to the New York Marathon, you're going to develop in little bursts of words that you say quietly inside your head. Can you run faster? And you're going to answer honestly. 
And the, the, the reason for that is because no one other than you knows whether you're lying or not. I mean, if you can't run faster when you ask yourself, then don't run faster. But ask yourself again a few minutes later. And if your answer changes because you can, then hit the gas pedal. And you're going to find that this practice, just simple, ask yourself the question and answer the question honestly. And give yourself, you know, honest an honest response. You're going to find more often than not that you're going to be able to push harder than you would if you didn't ask yourself the question. And I could give you more complicated mechanisms to do, you know, this practice. But what you're going to find is two things. Number one, you're going to ask yourself more frequently. You're going to have maybe tighter in, in, intervals between the time you ask. You might actually uh, uh, also find that you answer um, the answer yes more often and that you're actually able to just do bursts of short, faster, harder running. And um, that's going to be good enough for a little while. That's going to be good enough for a little while. And uh, ultimately, you're going to ask yourself and answer yourself um, and do both um, less frequently as you move along in your training because you're know, you know the question's coming. You know that you're about to ask yourself because you're not running harder. You're not pushing yourself harder. And the same goes for uh, a weight workout. The same will go for a swim workout. Um, let's just talk a little bit about cross-training. You've heard um, me say this in other podcasts. Traditional marathon training, what I mean by that is there are lots of books on, on running. Um, David Roach, R-O-C-H-E, is someone you should look up. Not that he's a traditionalist per se, but he's a science-based coach. And he will tell you that the science-based coaches, the numbers are volume, volume, volume. Build up your volume and run. Take your rest day, um, eat, and, and just run. You don't need to do weights. You don't need to swim. You don't need to do yoga. Now, that is probably true if you are looking to, uh, you know, actually run a, a faster race, hit a certain time. If your goal is accomplishing something along the lines of my mantra is strong, confident, and proud, you know, really putting it out there, leaving it out on the field, then the, the time per se is not that important because it's very subjective. So I found that my body was a lot stronger ultimately by doing yoga twice a week or three times a week. Um, I did do weight workouts. I also swam. I also cycled when I got injured, and you may get injured. So having some exposure to cross-training activities, non-running activities, will make you, first of all, you'll enjoy it more, um, and you'll have uh, other activities and other other little communities that you'll pop into where people are doing an activity like the pool is an incredible little ecosystem of people who are just swimmers. I mean, they're swimming and, and they may be training for a swim along the lines of your marathon, or they could be training for a triathlon and you'll see, or they could just be training for life, which is what I do. And you will find different things that help them be better swimmers and you're going to learn from them. You, the same is true for cycling. Um, cycling, I did only stationary cycling. 
um, in a gym, and uh, I did it without. I did some classes for sure, but I also did just 90 uh, RPMs, uh, revolutions per minute, um, as my uh, you know my low resistance, low resistance cycling um, is what I did. Certainly, when I got injured, I would go and take a class, and I just did 90. And I would do that because my leg was hurt, you know. And then I actually was like, God, this class is kind of fun. So I took the class and and I just enjoyed, again, the activity. And you may find the same. So that's it for today. Uh, Ask yourself the simple question. Can I push harder? And answer honestly. And if the answer is yes, then make haste. Push the gas. Do it for as long as you can. A minute, two minutes, the rest of your run or swim uh, or weight workout. And uh, don't go easy on yourself. This is not, you know, first of all, working out and training uh, is not, it's not orgasmic. This is supposed to be hard. This is supposed to be uncomfortable. This is supposed to be actually a little harder than the actual run of the marathon. You are supposed to push yourself and burn out of your normal comfort zone into a space where your body has new capacity. That's only going to happen if you coach yourself there. You're not going to happen just because you're, you know, kind of babying yourself through this activity. So uh, get out there, push yourself, answer honestly, and uh, develop a new uh, boundary further out than where it already is. This is Gregory Rutchick on First Marathon.